You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You can leave this up. You don't have to fade it down. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Apparently, it's WrestleMania this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Macho Man. Macho Man theme. Hey, we're taking requests. 960, 960 on the text line. We have three more segments to go. Uh, what, what? I had theme? three songs picked, but all right. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> sorry. And they're probably going to be ones that people text in anyways. Okay. I'm sorry I, I'm <laughs> raining on your parade. 960, 960, name and location. Uh, what wrestling theme you want us to come back with at 738 and 830? And you could probably do it for uh, Mucho Big Show. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nobody's listening then. What are you talking about? I don't know. Text line goes dead. Everybody's at work. They turn off the radio. <laughs> no, don't. don't. T- I, I listen to Mucho Big Show. You're sleeping. Well, that's true, but I, I'm i there in spirit. Yeah, I, Does that count? I guess. Got Nick Ledgerwood coming up at 9.05. Okay. There you go. I'm there if in I, spirit. If I'm there in spirit, does that count? <laughs> No, it doesn't count. I'm feeling positive vibes. I'm sending positive vibes at the radio station. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Like and subscribe, please. Yeah. Uh, 960, 960. What what wrestling theme do you want to hear at 730? 960, 960. We'll pick it. Name and location. You got to put your name and location. You must. Otherwise, we're not playing it because we got to give you credit. We don't do that here. Um. Nick Kiprios at the bottom of the hour. Derek Wills. I got to ask Derek about the whole Tanev stall thing because that's that's alarming. Yeah, I don't know this. No, it's alarming. I, it's <laughs> no, it's alarming. It's it's not good. No, like well, no. I don't know what what did Julian say to us the other day when we were chatting with him about it. He yeah. Well, I, Julian was like, I don't know if we're gonna see him again. Yeah, so yeah. just talk to people. Has, what was that? Is that yeah. you talk to people? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, about when I asked him about the condom in the wallet? Yeah. yeah. And he said, is this how you talk to people? Yeah, of course. But just rolled out of bed. Yeah, like, how does he not? Like, yeah, that's exactly how I talk to people. Um, Ricky Romero going to join us at 830. Talk about the Blue Jays with Ricky. But I also want to ask him, a lot of whispers around the uh, NFL that maybe Trey Lance goes to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson goes to the Niners. Could you imagine Lamar Jackson playing for Kyle Shanahan? Oh my goodness! Yeah, and like they have everything else at every yeah. at every single position. Yeah, O line, D line. Yeah, defense as a whole. Uh huh. Receivers, scary team, tight end. Yep, running back. Them and the Eagles. Wow, that's a deep, deep, deep team. Um, what do you think of Trey Lance? He's just been hurt too much. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we've seen. Him yeah, enough. we haven't seen him enough to, to decide whether or not he is it. Um, flames tonight in Vancouver to play the Canucks. Again, this, this has trap game vibes written all over it. I hope I'm wrong mm-hmm. because again, everybody talks about how the flames are playing all these non-playoff teams down the stretch, but the flames have had a propensity this season to play down to their opposition, which is super frustrating. Cause then when you watch how they played against the Kings and the most impressive thing to me against uh, the Kings in that win earlier this week sure, was the fact that. L.A. was outskating the Flames in the first period, and Calgary did a great job of kind of closing down the neutral zone in periods two and three. They reeled in the Kings, and then they kind of took over the game. I thought that was a big-time just 
I thought it was huge for the Flames to do that, to slow down an L.A. team who had points in 12 straight. Like, the thing for me was it was a real veteran savvy type of third period. Yeah. Right. Like they were heavily well, the second too. the second two, but like the third was the spot where I was like, this is kind of how I thought the flames would be shutting down third periods early on in the year when they were blowing like one and two goal leads in the third period and, and led to them losing some real key points. It would have been real nice to have right now, but you look back at that third period, they're outshot heavily. I think it was like 11 to four when it's all said and done, but it didn't feel like any of the shots from LA were, overly dangerous or they were limited in their dangerous opportunities. Calgary did a really good job of limiting chances, getting the puck back, making a couple of quick, simple passes to alleviate some pressure and then moving the puck North, getting it deep, getting some new legs on and then doing the damn thing all over again. Yeah. And they were able to shut that thing down, turn it into a two to one victory. They didn't take any penalties at bad times. Um, and the penalty kill was good when they needed it to be. Nick Ritchie tried. He, he was tr- skating on the line again. It was twice that he tried. You're like, like oh, I don't know, Nick. Oh man. And and the the Walker Dewar goal that Lucic probably was a penalty. They hit on Grundstrom kind of from behind. Kind of that. Like honestly, I thought that the was Nick a borderline R- play. Yeah, it's the same as the Nick Ritchie one against the wall, where I was like, when you watch the the main view. The like kind of full profile view, and he's right up against the boards. It doesn't yep. look good, but when you watch the replay, I'm like, at least he didn't like paste him into the boards, right? Like the McDavid hit on Mikey Anderson yesterday. I didn't like that hit. Yep. That was from behind, right yep. into the boards, and Mikey Anderson left with injury, and that didn't get called at all. That one was a penalty. Yeah, and it's different when it's Connor McDavid. And um, like obviously, and sorry, Grundstrom, you come across the blue line, you slam yep. on the brakes with Milan Lucic coming on the back check because they got scored on in that exact type of situation earlier in the period. Like, sorry, you you made your bed. Now, now you're um, sleeping it. I've I've tried to be um, positive, positive Pete, Pete mm-hmm. optimistic Owen throughout yep. this entire playoff uh, stretch here, playoff run for the Calgary Flames. It's you all could, good, Gary. You could you could wake up tomorrow on a Saturday morning and the Flames are tied for the. The wild card, second wild card spot in the Western Conference tomorrow. They win tonight. Jets lose to the Red Wings. Boom, you're tied. And I know that the Jets have the tiebreaker, so it's essentially two and a half points or four and a half, two and a half points right now. You're back of the Jets, but you can wake up tied with Winnipeg tomorrow for that second playoff spot. And the other thing too is, especially if you get this win in regulation, then you're only two two regulation wins off of the tiebreaker, which you know. And then it goes to the second tiebreaker, and then you're heavily down in that one, too. Yeah. It's not out of the question, but, you know, that felt like a totally... Yeah. It, it just didn't feel like it was going to happen. And and now the Jets go in to face Detroit, and uh, they haven't been playing well lately. Big game for them. A yeah. lot of uh, stress around that team by the look of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I <laughs> Things look wrong with the Jets. We said it earlier, man. Like... When the only real change you make is stripping Blake Wheeler of the C and then bringing in Rick Bonus, like, and then you, you kind of ended up right where you were last year. And you traded, despite an outstanding start, and part of that could have been because Rick Bonus had the guys invested, but just couldn't do it with this group. And the guy you traded Patrick Line for essentially doesn't want to stay long term and has told you and has been public about it. Can't wait to and leave. Pierre Luc Dubois. You and look at, has not been good lately. Man, you look at this upcoming schedule for the Flames. Home to the Ducks on Sunday, which please, like that's home to the Ducks on Sunday, home to the Blackhawks on Tuesday. 
Talk about setting up for a four-pointer right there. And then the biggest game of the season, Wednesday, at Winnipeg. Easily the biggest game. On the back end of a back-to-back. Nice 5.30 start. Um, Winnipeg, like we talked about, like th- they've got a little bit of a stretch here where I believe that both their games are on the road before that contest too. Yeah. So Winnipeg will be returning home from a road trip on that one. Listen, a week from now, we're going to have a pretty good idea of which team is getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, well, pretty much. We we could have a sense by, um, you're right, by Thursday. Yeah. Whether or not the Flames are going to get in. They could be eliminated by then, essentially. Yep, 100%. Or they could be in the complete and total driver's seat with games against the Canucks at Vancouver on the Saturday, then home to Nashville and San Jose to wrap up the season. And perhaps feeling about as good about their game as they've felt all season long. Yeah, and that's something I've been kind of hammering home the point here um, lately is it will take the Flames to get on a streak to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's always good when you're playing well, you got the momentum because it's so cliche, but it's true. They're already essentially playing playoff hockey to begin with here to get into the dance. It's wild because, you know, I look out in the Eastern Conference and I'd say about three weeks ago, I was like, this is a murderer's row. Like the first round in the East is going to be incredible because there's just so many good teams. But now you look at it and it's like, man, Carolina has started to slide a little bit here. Jersey has started to slide a little bit here. Both those teams are under 500 in their last 10 games. Tampa's five and five. Toronto's five, three and two. Like there's some teams that are going to trip, stumble and essentially fall into the postseason just because they did such good work early on in the year. Yeah. And you got to wonder how that's going to go. Like New York is the third seed in the Metropolitan right now. They might be the most dangerous team and the team I would want to face the least in that entire metro. Interesting. With the Islanders, with the Hurricanes, with the Devils. Just the way they're playing right now because, listen, it took a little while for Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko to kind of find their way. But Patty Kane's looked real good. He's showing up in all those highlight clips. If you're scrolling Twitter nowadays, they're a good team. And Shesterkin's starting to play real well again. And, hey, he's the ultimate X factor on that team, too. Can I I float something uh, by you here, too? I'd Uh, love that. Because talking about next Thursday, by Thursday, essentially, we're going to have a, a, a pretty much a clear indication of where the Flames are at with their playoff chances. They'll by have next like, what, Thursday, three or four games left by then? Yeah, they'll have three games left after that, after mm-hmm. Thursday. Okay. So, uh, Patty, weigh in on this too yes. here. Um, we could potentially be staring at a Battle of Alberta first round. Yeah, man. That's literally where it's, <laughs> where yeah. it's, where it's that's, going. That's something we haven't really it's, discussed It's because we're like, oh, the Flames. Oh, you play the Wild. Maybe you play the Stars. Maybe avoid the Avalanche. The way the Oilers are playing right now, and like, I know the Golden Knights have a game in hand and they're two points up, but the Oilers have them on the tie break. What if, what if I told you I like Stuart Skinner over John Quick right now in a playoff series? Ooh. Stuart Skinner's 10-1-1 in his last 12 starts. What are the numbers? I have to get a little bit more in depth. All right, well, but but okay, but we potentially could be staring at a battle of Alberta first round. That could within a week on, and it's not even a week; it's six days from now. Yep, the picture could be a lot clearer, and we potentially could be looking at a battle of Alberta. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I know I'm throwing a lot of hypotheticals out there right now, and Frank was kind of giving it to me a little bit because he was so (laughs) negative, like like the Flames wrote like ten points or something. 
Like he was acting like, oh no, I, flames. I, I, oh, yeah, he, can, he can he can lead Ed, lean in between. Yeah, that, in that's fine. I just it is. they're not that far out here, and we could be staring at a battle of Alberta yeah. first round Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, and, and like I don't know, I was listening to Frank's show yesterday. He's also he he keeps talking about the the Predators and their points percentage and all that type of stuff. And I'm I'm done. Get out of here with there. the Predators. <laughs> We don't talk. About, we don't talk about Nashville. No, we just we just don't. Talk Nashville don't again. Nashville. This is probably going to blow up in my face. Mm-hmm. The Predators will not finish ahead of the Flames <laughs> in the standings. They will not do that. They're losing all their games they have in hand. Yes, and they suck. And they've got they're they banged no up. One. They're banged they have up. Nobody. <laughs> they're banged up. I don't know where everybody's drinking the Nashville Kool Aid. I see it on sports. And I love I the city it. of Nashville. Yeah, it's a great town. I've been there. Nash Vegas. Been really drunk there. This, it's awesome. This ain't a playoff team. It's a great barn to watch a game. But they ain't. They're not gonna. They ain't passing the Flames in the standings. It's not gonna happen. I'm worried about the Jets. Yep. And they seem like a disaster right now. Hey, maybe if the Jets just, you know, lost a lot more in overtime, they'd be better but right now. But I don't know what it is about <laughs> tonight. I feel like this has trap game written all over it. Here's the thing. I looked at this week and I said, even if you lose to LA, I think that there is a conceivable way that the Flames and the Jets are tied going into that game on the yep. fifth. And that was giving the Jets two automatic points against the Sharks, and they inevitably lost that game. So yep. I look at it like, yes, this is perhaps a trap game. I think that the Flames are you know, you'd like to see them as dialed as they've been all year because this is, you know, everyone is a must win at this point, yada, 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 all those dumb cliches that we can all get into. But if you don't get this one, all of a sudden, oh, now next Thursday's looking a little bit shakier, especially if Winnipeg manages to win in Detroit. You've gotten yourself this close. Yeah. Keep it. Um, before we get to Nick Kiprios, uh, look around the NHL. We'll get Kipper's thoughts in the Calgary Flames, and uh, maybe he'll jump on my I don't believe in Nashville train. Um, yesterday at the Trop, uh, Tampa Bay continues to play in one of the worst facilities in all of North American professional sports. The Trop, where specific parts of the roof are a double, a home run. It's just an eyesore of a ballpark. Yep. Nobody cares about the Rays in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Move that team back to Montreal. But they... they uh, they unfurled a banner yesterday. Oh, they why? unveiled a new banner. Did they win the World Series? Did Probably the worst banner, maybe that you've ever seen. Did they better than the Predators banners? Worse. Oh my! Okay. And this is probably even the worse than the Bon Jovi banner that's hanging at the Scotiabank Arena in is Toronto. Is it the <laughs> longest amount of games without a sellout? No. Uh, they unveiled their 2022 wild card banner at the <laughs> Trop. Oof. They lost that series 2-0 and scored one run. Jay-Z oh, were even better. <laughs> Yet they hung the banner that they made the wild card series. Jerks. Whoa. They uh, scored one run, and they were swept 2-0 in the best two out of three. And they I, I hung a banner. absolute win. How could you do that as a player? Like, how could you be out there and be like, wow, this is, this is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Hey, like. Literally an article. Rays unveil unbar- embarrassing banner on opening day. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, nobody really cares about the Rays that much. No. So it's like, uh, yeah, but only Dick Vitale like, essentially cares about the Rays. Wait, Let's go Rays, baby. <laughs> Pretty good, Patrick. Thank you. Win your league. Yeah. Or something. Like, even that, yeah. like, like that, that deserves a pennant. I mean, they've got a 2020 AL 
AL champs. That's fine. Sure. They yeah. have a division the champion Series. in 2021. Sure. Oh, okay. then there's that little wild card. Yeah, they 2022 a, wild card. They also hung a 2019 wild card, but that was been back when there was just the two wild cards. Yeah, it was tougher to get yeah, in. Yeah, they had to play in. Yeah, and they lost this series 2 nothing and scored one run. I guess. Like, that, it um, looks like a mall. It's got like, an, a, like a weird concourse. It's, it's terrible. Awful. It's a terrible bark. Um, you know what isn't terrible? People who want to hear wrestling music. These the texts are just exploded Flying when we gave that out there. Nine sixty nine sixty. Are any of location. these your choices, Pat? Uh yeah, a couple. There's actually. some crossover here. Yeah, there's a couple. Ooh. Okay, good. All right, this is what we need to do to appease our listeners, Alex. I'm going to put you to work, Alex. Okay. I want you to come back with a specific one from the text line nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. Tell us what wrestling theme you want to go. So we're going to come into the segment and we're going to get out of the segment with wrestling themes. All right, I like so that. So we can get more of these in for our listeners. Mm, okay. You Love down it. with like that? This, yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, we'll start that next. Nick well, Caprio's next. I'll start it right now for you. Which one, one are you playing? You think you know me. Okay, but we already played this Edge theme. Yeah, but I had it ready. Hurry, it ends. Throw to break. Oh, Big Show, Rustic and Rose, Sports at 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Is this from a cassette? It's the big show, Rustic and Rose, Sportsnet 960. The fan. I, had to, I had to wind it up. Yeah. Like, uh, all right. We couldn't find a better version it's of this? It's literally the music video. Okay. This is yeah. good. I, I like it. I like the kind of old school version. I don't okay. want it to sound like it's crystal like, clear and it's been remastered. Okay. I want to hear it like I'm hearing I'm over a scratchy, real, terrible speaker that's been trapped under a closet or something for so, a long time. So it's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sports at 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The guys tell me this weekend's WrestleMania. So uh, this is from courtesy of Jamie and Airdrie. Uh, we're taking your uh, text uh, songs to come in with, songs to go to the break with, wrestling themes, 960, 960, Whoa, name and location. Get wrestling. yours in. We'll try to play it. We'll give you some credit. And at the top of the hour, Derek Wills, the voice of the flames on Sportsnet 960. But right now, from Real Kipper and Born, over under friends at Sportsnet 590, the fan, we say good morning to Stanley Cup champion Nick Kiprios. Kipper, how are you, pal? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. I wanted to ask you uh, your heyday with the New York Rangers in the mid-'90s. Did you ever play with dudes who were super into wrestling? <laughs> Is that a no? Oh, sorry, guys. That's okay. Are you I all right? Got cut off there. Can you... Do, you, do you got a skipper? I got you. Yeah, all right. I got you. Um, I might as well ask it again because that went, that went swimmingly well the first time. Did you ever... <laughs> Did you uh did you ever play with any dudes in the league who were really into wrestling? Buddy, my, my before I turned pro, uh my North Bay junior team, we had four or five guys. I, I Wayne McPhee was our captain <laughs> and I spent hours trying to convince him it's not real. <laughs> that was it. That was it. I'm like, Phoebes, it's just pretend. They have a they have a they have writers, they have a script. And he's like, No man, no, 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 no. It's real. It's real. <laughs> have you ever have you ever been to a wrestling event? 
Like maybe no, at Madison Square Garden? No, no, better. Okay. Oh. Better. Okay. American Hockey League. I played for the Hershey Bears. Yeah. Hershey Park Arena was famous for wrestling. So every time there was, you know, WWF at the time coming in, I would make it absolutely my mission to say to the security guys, I'm I'm going down to our dressing room. But it was only to go see all the wrestlers down there. And my eyes opened up like manhole covers when I saw Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant sitting around playing cards, drinking wine. <laughs> and, and like, I'm like, I'm, I'm in wrestling heaven right now. It was awesome to go down there and, uh, and see these like, like heroes, yeah. right? Television heroes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was awesome. I, I, I was, yeah, I was into it for sure. Miss Elizabeth, all of it. Oh yeah, uh, Kipper, um, you, you're you're a bigger dude. You played with a lot of big dudes in the league. How big was Andre the Giant in real life? I have never seen anything like it in my life. <laughs> you know, I played I played with uh, you know, uh, two two uh, household names in the NHL were uh, Kevin Hatcher and uh, yeah. and uh, uh, his brother. Darian uh, in Dallas, yeah, Darian Hatcher, and but they had an older brother named Mark Hunt uh, Hatcher, who I played with, who was six <laughs> ten. Oh my goodness, six <laughs> ten, and, and weighed in junior weighed like two eighty. <laughs> oh my and goodness! Really? We're like, yeah, yeah, and 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 the nicest guy you've, you'll ever yeah. meet. Obvious, right? always, yeah. So Man. now we we know why Mark didn't make the NHL, but Dude, that yeah. that was the biggest human being I've ever seen. Before <laughs> I went downstairs <laughs> and saw Andre the Giant. Man. That's awesome. It's been it's great stuff. Uh, great stuff, Kipper. Um, I've been talking about this the last I don't know three or four weeks. I don't believe in the Nashville Predators, <laughs> Kipper. I don't live in this world where the Predators are going to pass the Flames and get into the playoffs or even catch the Winnipeg Jets. Are you with me? I am with you. Okay. Uh, and last night kind of put uh, any thoughts to that to rest, right? I mean, uh, it really is shaping up whether or not uh, Winnipeg's just going to fall off uh, the cliff here in the next uh, 10 days. So, I. Uh, Listen, I mean, we, we know how tough it, of a season it's been for the Calgary Flames. Yeah. But over the course of 82 games, uh, you know, seldom do you see one one game change a season or the, the feeling of a season. But I think we saw that the other night with a 2-1 win over L.A., right? It, it, yeah. it had to have changed the perception of, whether or not Calgary could really save their season. And I think that that win against L.A. did that for most people. Well, especially when, you, you know, you get an eight spot rung up on you by that same team the week before. And the way they just shut that game down once they had the lead, like it, it kind of reminded me of how the Flames would shut out leads the year prior. And that's got to be something good for them moving forward. Like, uh, how can a, a win like that not only help you with the play, but kind of the mental aspect when it's been such a hard season? 
Oh, for sure. And D- Daryl's been enough of these games to understand that, you know, playoffs are made and broken on two, one games and power plays that are seldom and five on five. There's no room out there in, in the playoffs. The space shrinks up. Yeah. That's why when you can lock it down uh, on a two, one score, you're, you're more off to have playoff success than thinking that last shot wins. And uh, that was a typical playoff game uh, led by Markstrom. And that's going to have to be a, a narrative moving forward for Calgary to have success. There's uh, really in your market and in ours, there's a couple of NCAA players that are garnering a lot of attention and, and maybe fans getting excited for what they could be in the postseason. Matt Coronado here, Matthew Nyes with the uh, Leafs, although he's still playing in the Frozen Four. What do you think is a realistic expectation for players coming out of the NCAA after a junior or after a sophomore season, even like Coronado, <laughs> and, and joining an NHL team in the heat of a playoff rush? Not like a team who's out of it and just kind of going out there and doing some laps. Well, maybe Pelche could answer that better yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. the NCAA guys than anybody, right? Yeah, exactly. I've been watching it's, for a little while hard. here. It's hard. It's really hard. And there's no question that, uh, you know, you come out of your programs respectively and you feel like you've got a, a, a pulse or a beat on, on where your next stage needs to be. Uh, but the reality is it very seldom happens when guys can come out of the NCAA and jump right into an environment where you're going to be a difference maker. They're going to get, they're going to get a game or two in. We know that. Uh, and it's best for Calgary and Toronto to uh, look at these scenarios and say, okay, in my bottom six, where can he fit in? How many legitimate minutes can I give these guys without – hurting the team or hurting their confidence or their, you know, their, their mindset or, or their psyche, um, you know, putting players in positions to not succeed uh, is, is a coach's worst nightmare. Right. And that's Daryl's going to be there. I'm not sure where the Leafs are with Nyes uh, in terms of how desperate they think they are to shore up their left side which is by far their weakest on the roster uh, but it, it, it seldom happens and the odds are against those guys coming in and, and, and making any type of impact I'm not saying it won't happen mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that uh, you know you can't catch uh, lightning in a bottle but if you play the percentages these guys are going to be good players unfortunately it's going to have to wait um, Nick Kiprios from Rio Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, the fan Toronto star columnist, Stanley Cup champion on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960, the fan. Kipper, I wanted to ask you about Daryl Sutter. A lot of uh, whispers in this market about what the future holds and how the guys maybe perceive their head coach and maybe he's just not very well liked uh, in the dressing room. I, I, I don't know that for a fact. It's just we're hearing a lot of those, uh, that noise coming out of uh, a lot of people covering the team. If this team does get into the playoffs and heaven forbid wins a series, he's going to stay, right? I, I think he, he's going to stay regardless, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, and again, 
not privileged on any inside information, but I think there was a real commitment when he came back in. There was the contract. He's one of the highest paid guys. I just don't see uh, a scenario where you look the last 50, 60 games and come up with a conclusion that he's too old. Uh, players don't respond to him. They hate him. Uh, we got to get rid of him. I just don't see that scenario. You want to talk to me a year from now? Mm. I could have a different conversation with you. But I just, I just think that as an ownership group, when you make decisions like this, they, they need it to be well thought out that you are bringing an old-style coach in in today's world, and you, you have to support it. And, uh, you know, the old saying is, uh, you know, are the inmates running the asylum? And if you, if you think that way, then you should have never hired Dale in the first place. How was he viewed around the league, Kipper? As a good hockey man, as a guy that understands the game, as a, as a guy that uh, uh, knows what it takes to win, um, Daryl's held very highly. Now, did he make some mistakes? Does he get caught sometimes thinking that he needs to feed the media a line or an attitude that can make them chuckle? And mm. it's one of those things where it's, it's funny and cute and a great highlight reel for us. But if they're winning, and if they're not winning, then it becomes out of date, mean, um, you know, uh, insensitive, and, you know, let's get rid of that. And right now he's in a, he's in a predicament right now. He's, he's trying to save the season, and um, he's trying to still convince the naysayers that, you know, there's – there's a rhyme and reason to the things that I do. There's a method to the madness. The method to the ma- madness gets uh, lost when you lose. Uh, but I don't, I don't believe for one second that uh, uh, Daryl's just out of touch and it's over. Uh, I, think, I think there's still a lot there. Uh, it's, not, it's not the preference of a lot of people in today's world, in this sensitive world, um, and we had that conversation the other day when Paul Maurice absolutely lost it behind mm-hmm. the bench, right? It's like, does that work anymore? Or do the guys just look at uh, <laughs> coaches and shake their head and say, I'll, I'll outlast you, okay? I, I don't know. I, 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 still, I still believe in the, in the process of uh, sometimes tough love. What are you seeing with the Winnipeg Jets right now, Nick? Because, uh, man, they started out great. They get the new coach in. Basically, the big change in the offseason was taking the C off of Blake Wheeler. What are you seeing with the Jets as they kind of stumble down the stretch? Yeah, just a, touch of, uh, a ton of distractions. Mm. And I never gave them a chance to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, they made me eat crow for most of the season. Huh. But, you know, from, from the start of uh, – from the start of the Blake Wheeler stripping the captaincy to Paul Maurice abruptly uh, leaving uh, to the scenarios of uh, contract extensions uh, being needed in the next 12 months, I just thought that that no matter what, we're going to see a different roster in about 12 to 18 months that this team, the the core group was going to implode there's nothing that has taken me off that, that line 
Um, but it was amazing up until this point that they were able to have the success that they've had. But I'm just I'm just thinking a lot of it's uh, maybe maybe overwhelming right now, and the fact that uh, Hellebuck isn't there to save every game for them. Uh, maybe it's all kind of catching up to them right now. We saw the Boston Bruins clinch the President's Trophy yesterday with two weeks to go in the season, which is just ludicrous. But um, in the East, who do you think would be best positioned to knock off the Boston Bruins in a playoff series? <laughs> they exist right now. Um, <laughs> Fair. I, I, I don't know if there's anything out there right now that um, that I could feel comfortable enough to say, you know, this can happen. Like, you know, we know there's so many, so many factors going in, who's healthy, who's not, who's got the hot score, who's got the hot goaltender. Uh, but you got to think that, you know, it, it would take the level of a Vasilevsky at the height of his, uh, at his, at his playoff runs mm-hmm. or, uh, Shesterkin to prove that he can be an amazing goalie uh, for for two months in a playoff season, not four weeks, uh, to get the job done against the Boston Bruin. And I watched them last night. They weren't particularly great, but they just continue to find ways. And the game breakers and the play that Pasternak made last night to win the game. They, they got so many elements. I it's it's going to take it's going to be a major upset uh much like Columbus did a few years ago against uh Tampa Bay to to make anybody believe that 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 can happen to the Boston Bruins um what do you make of the goaltending in the Eastern Conference uh Kip I know there uh, there's a lot of great teams and and they're just running away with things and obviously the Bruins getting an incredible season from uh, Allmark and Swayman, but when I look at the Hurricanes, I don't have to tell you about Freddie Anderson's uh, playoff history. Yeah. Uh, is is he going to go out there and elevate his game, get to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs? The Leafs have a ton of question marks in net. Who knows what that's going to look like in that series against the Tampa Bay Lightning? What do you think of some of these teams that are just having incredible seasons like the Leafs and the Hurricanes, but come playoff time, is their goaltending just going to hold up? Yeah, you know, I, I wrote an article this week for the Star. You can find it on my uh, Twitter account, Real Kipper, that really talks about uh, the goaltenders. And I, I can't recall so many playoff teams going in with the, the question mark of, are is our goaltending good enough? And uh, I think it's just the way it's going. Teams are scared to to lock in big money uh, on that position anymore. Uh, goaltending style seem to be fairly consistent. What matters now is how strong are certain guys between the ears to get the job done when you need it the most in the playoffs. But uh, I think, you know, while we all focus on Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, to a lesser extent Sorokin with the Islanders, everybody seems to be looking for the Darcy Kemper kind of blueprint. Just... You don't have to steal games. You don't have to stand on your head. Just make the saves that you're supposed to make. Give me a 9.15 in the playoffs, 9.17 save percentage, and we can win the Stanley Cup. And I think there's enough goalies out there to, to, to put their teams in a position to be like Darcy Kemper last year for Colorado. I'm watching uh, Vanacek uh, 
with the, the Devils win his 30th game. You're watching uh, Samsonov in Toronto constantly look really strong at home. I know he's got a, a uh, under 500 record on the road, which is somewhat concerning. But all these guys do have the capability of looking good and, and looking solid. So it is a crapshoot. Every goalie, including you know Vasilevsky or the great ones, need the first time to convince people that they can do it. And uh, there's enough of them right now in a position to be that kind of goalie. But again, uh, who knows what's between the ears on a lot of these guys to, to rise to the occasion when it's needed. And that's what the playoffs are all about. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting watching so many solid teams. And even in the, in the West, uh, who knows what Vegas is going to look like between the Nets and, they're supposed to be a top team in, in the West. So a lot of teams, a lot of question marks. You mentioned Carolina, Devils, Leafs. Yeah, it's quite a list. We're seeing Austin Matthews start to turn it on here for the end of the year. He's on a seven-game point streak. He's got five goals in his last four games. What are you seeing from Matthews that maybe has changed in the last couple of weeks here? I think just his overall strength. Uh, we know he's a big, strong guy, and we know he can shoot the puck, but now there's, now he's putting himself in a position to have the puck, hold on to the puck, uh, make plays, drive to the net. He just looks, he looks faster, he looks quicker, he looks heavier. A uh, good portion of the season, we didn't see that, and thus the drop-off uh, from, from 60 to, you know, 37, 38 here as he closes on, on 40. Can you imagine having an off season and scoring 40 goals in the <laughs> NHL? But, uh, you know, it, it's a good time for Austin to be, uh, you know, ramping up his game. Mitch Marner's as consistent as anybody in the league. Uh, they're going to have to carry the bulk of it. Tavares and Nylander are there. Their, their game slipped a little bit, but, that's why you have Ryan O'Reilly to kind of shore up yeah. that, that second and uh, high-end uh, third line uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And again, you know, if Samsonov can hold them in there, uh, we'll see if it's enough. He had 15 shots against the Hurricanes a few games ago. Like, that is a, a ridiculous number against any team, let alone the Hurricanes. Do you ever remember a teammate throwing up 15 shots in a game and what that looked like from the bench or, or on the ice? <laughs> Listen, if, if there were some nights in my league uh, where guys were shooting it to half of that time to the net, it'd be like, pass the puck, you hog. <laughs> what is wrong with Hey, what do, do we just sit around and watch you? 15 <laughs> is off the charts, man. That, that was like, that was like uh, half a season for me. But, you know, um, the – there's no question that this guy loves to shoot the puck. That's what those guys do. Ovechkin's in that category. Stamkos at the height of his game is at that category. Uh, the only thing you got to be careful of is not to be over-predictable um, every time you're in that, a certain area. That's where the danger can come a little bit with, with Austin. You know, Ovechkin, you know, uh, as a winger, I think it's self-explanatory. As a centerman, you still want to give that option that you can dish the puck on either side and keep them guessing a little bit. But no, no question, he's starting to feel it a little bit. And, and 
you know, that's, uh, that's a good thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, he is the uh, host of Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Toronto Star columnist, Stanley Cup champion, Nick Kiprios. Kipper, always a pleasure, pal. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, you bet, you guys. Have a good one. There he is, Nick Kiprios on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Fun stuff from Kipper. That was great. Yeah, 15 shots against the Hurricanes. Dude was out of his mind. And he met Andre the Giant, which is Kipper awesome. Kipper did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. I, like, you see the pictures of him holding, like, normal cans of beer, and they look like thimbles. Yeah, my, uh, my, bro- <laughs> my stupid brother, um, <laughs> you know those mini cans of, like, pop? Yeah, like, you know, you like a cold ones? shot? Yeah, like the mini sure. ones they have yeah, that yeah. you can buy in a six-pack. Yeah. Yeah, my my brother always holds it and goes, look, I'm like Andre the Giant. Yeah. And he says it Very every clever. single time. Yeah, it never I'm gets like, old, I eh? I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah, Good because bit. of the photo, yeah, yeah, I get it. Because you look I get small. It. Yeah. I get it. Do you know that Andre the Giant was so Con- large mm-hmm. that he had to pee in a bucket on airplanes because he couldn't fit in the bathroom, so they just put a curtain around him? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, he couldn't fit in the washrooms and in planes. Like that makes sense. I can yeah, barely fit in the darn bucket, and he's probably half my twice my size. Yeah. So at least um, we're we're playing wrestling themes in and out of the break. Uh, oh, what do day. we have here? Do you uh, know? This one's courtesy of Matt in Lethbridge. Oh, and Alex, what's up, Matt? Dog. I don't know whose theme this is. The Undertaker. Ministry Undertaker. That's what I thought, but yeah. it, I thought it had a lot more bells and like his long, new his newer out. when he came back as the Dead Man. He had mm. the more gongs and whatnot, but this was like the Ministry the, of Darkness. The lights would go out, and he'd yeah. just show up in the middle of the ring. Yeah. I miss Paul Bear, R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> With the urn. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker. And that terrible duster. Oh, yeah. Pain. Yeah. Little pencil stash. Hey, um, can you do Derek Wills' coming up in Undertaker voice, Patrick? In Undertaker's voice? No, no, sorry. Paul Bear's voice. <laughs> I was next, like, Derek Wills, <laughs> Calgary Flames play-by-play, oh. and the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960, the fan. <laughs> William Moody, baby. Yeah. Um. Do you have that kip of me? Uh, kip. Kip. Do you have the clip of me uh, asking Kipper about wrestling and then nothing happened? <laughs> do you have that clip? Did you ever play with dudes who were super into wrestling? Is that a no? <laughs> he dropped his phone, I think. The ding is my favorite part, personally. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kipper, um, about playing for the Rangers in 94. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bring back the Undertaker theme as we go to break. Bring it back, Alex. Now. No, immediately. Thank you. Derek Wills, the voice of the flames, straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960. Let it breathe a little bit. The fan.